0: Episode of What the World Needs More of. I am here with my friend Naresh. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be on. Good to talk to you again. All right. Now we're going to
0: dive straight in and I have a question for you. What do you feel the world needs more of?
1: Um, that's actually a really, really good question. And it's it's kind of hard to answer because the world needs a lot more of a lot of stuff. Um, I think education is one thing, and what I mean by education is um, not necessarily like going to school, getting a degree, but just being informed about other people, other cultures, um, and just understanding that the world is a really, really big place. It's not just where you live. You know, I live in Tampa, Florida, and the world is not Tampa, Florida. It's not Florida. It's not even the United States. So I think being informed is is incredibly important. I also think probably even more important than that is the world needs more free thinking and free living people. And what I mean by this is people who focus on themselves, um, who focus on themselves more than focusing on other people or other things. I think if the world had more of that, um, then it would be a much peaceful, a, a more peaceful place. And a much happier place as well.
0: Interesting, I love it. And when you say focusing on selves, you mean focusing on your own life, your own evolution, your own stuff, instead of constantly being about everyone else's business, or is there something else?
1: Well, it's partly that, okay. and 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 I and it's good that you're asking a follow-up question because um, what I'm about to say is actually based on a philosophy that I kind of live my life on, and that's the philosophy. Of objectivism and Randian philosophy. Mm. Um, what that means is what that essentially means is focus on yourself because true change happens from within. Mm. And then once you focus on yourself and you work on yourself, the effects that it has on other people around you are profound for the better. And I think I look at a lot of the issues that you know you just open and open up in a newspaper you hear about through friends. Um, you look at a lot of these issues and it's so, and It's really, it comes down to um, are people focusing on themselves, trying to improve themselves, better them, themselves, their situations, their families, or, or is there something else at play? And so in the case of Randian philosophy, um, the idea actually is being selfish is a good thing. Um, So focusing on yourself can come across as being selfish, but it's actually a good thing and not selfish as in, um, I'm the best person in the world, or, um, this is, this is my, uh, territory and no one is allowed to, to be on it or, um, not selfish in that way, but selfish in that you put yourself first. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you put yourself first, you put those who mean to you the most first and really it's really you have to put yourself first. And then the, the, the effects are are profound. So I, I actually subscribed to that, um, view of philosophy, you know, seven or eight years ago, maybe it was, it was a while back and started practicing it. And I found that my life, uh, really, really changed for the better and my happiness level also went up.
0: Wow. How cool. How cool. I like it. It's a different take on it. Um, I, I think I think I subscribe to this in certain categories of my life. Um, There's certain categories where I, I, I really believe like you you gotta give from a full cup and I, I like to give. Um, my thought is though I have to be full first so I'm selfish enough to guard certain parts of the day or certain parts of my life and that's my space in order to fill up and be ready and then I can share and then I have something left to to kind of distribute or, or hand out or or just have an abundance in case someone really needs it. So I-
1: well, well, I also want to mention that objectivism and Randian philosophy—they um, preach adaptability. So when you focus on yourself, um, th- that doesn't mean that it's always your way or the highway. It it means adapting. It means being water. You know, water takes the shape of its container. And um, it's putting yourself in situations and adapting. And all of this is really a trait of open-mindedness. So when I say focusing on oneself uh, has reverberating effects for those around you, that's what I mean. And I think people should, like I said earlier, people I think should be water and not fall victim to what I call weapons of mass distraction, uh, weapons of mass distraction uh, can be, you know, the Facebooks, the Twitters, um, engaging with people who you don't like, people who bring you down. Uh, even the news, to me, the news is a weapon of mass distraction, and we we've really seen that over the past couple of years. It's gone to another level, and the news has caused divisions. It's called hatred, caused hatred. It's caused friendships to dist- I personally have lost a couple of friends because of the news or because of a uh, Facebook argument or, or or debate or something. Um, and those are all weapons of mass distraction. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably one of the few people who you're going to have on who's, who's going to say, Hey, you know what? It's time to preach selfishness. The selfish motive and focusing on oneself has reverberating effects on society as a whole. And, um, and it's worked for me. I'm not saying other, everyone should do this. Maybe this is not the way, but give it a shot and see how, how it helps improve your life.
0: Interesting. Getting to know more about you. I'd love to know, what do you consider to be your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And what are some of the moments throughout life that help shape it?
1: Well, I, I think other people can answer that better, but I know for me personally, Um, that I see is is unique compared to those around me is I have a need to really one of the most important things in my life is freedom and um, that's freedom to basically do whatever I want freedom to be happy freedom to live wherever I want uh, work out from work from wherever I want have my own schedule that's a huge huge advantage to happiness at least to my happiness and so many people in this world don't have what I call freedom they say that they're free. The United States is the the land of opportunity you know we have all sorts of freedom that are given to us by the Bill of Rights but if you ask people you know some pointed questions and you see you know they're actually not free and it's partly because they're the ones doing it to themselves they're the ones who are bound by you know the nine-to-five job. Or the, they feel like they need to get this qualification or this education or this certificate or they need to have this in their family or this spouse or whatever it is. And all that stuff kind of jails you. Um, I think in, in, in my case, I try to be as free as possible and uh, only try to do things that, that I want to do. And it goes back to kind of the selfish motive Um through that process, I've gotten so many opportunities, just being free, uh, lots and lots of opportunities, business-wise, professionally, personally, emotionally, uh, so many different areas have opened up. So um, I think freedom is, is incredibly important. Most people don't even think about it when they think about how they want their lives to be, the most important things in their lives. Freedom allows you to do anything.
0: And what are some of the moments that help push you towards wanting that and desiring that in your life?
1: Well, in my case, and I think in most people's cases, they uh, essentially say that they're not free. Like I mentioned earlier, because they need to get that certificate or they need to get that job or they need to you know, work the nine to five. And I was fortunate in that I always knew uh, as a middle schooler, maybe, maybe high schooler that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what that meant. I thought it was really hard. Um, I just, but, but I just had something in me that I was like, you know, this, this seems really cool. This sounds really awesome. I want to be like that. Or I want to be like this family friend of ours who we know who's an entrepreneur uh, or this person who I saw on CNBC who's an entrepreneur. And um, I just never knew how to become one, even though I went to school. I went to graduate school. Um, I was fortunate to learn a very specific skill set, uh, which has really become modern day business and that's online and e commerce, uh, the digital economy. I was able to study and learn online and e commerce, the digital economy, and really fall in love with it. And that allowed me to have the freedom that I, ha- that I have today. It allowed me to start my first business. It allowed me to do all sorts of cool things online and digitally to make money from my computer. Um, I've been location independent for the most part for the last five and a half years. So my business is coming up. On, my first business is coming up on uh, six years um, uh, of being in operation. And that has allowed me the the, the freedom when your own boss uh, appreciating the uh, really appreciating the freedom that comes with being your own boss is, is something that, that I value and um, it allows me to do a lot of things. And that's not to say that I'm my own boss. I just sleep all day and get drunk at night and party and um, no, because then I wouldn't be able to um, I wouldn't be able to make money. I wouldn't be able to live life. I'd probably um, be in a completely different. That's not happiness, uh, at least to me. So uh, I, I I do spend a lot of time working uh, multiple multiple hours a day. So there are some weeks where I'm pulling all nighters. Um, those are maybe like one to two weeks of the year. Uh, it's very busy, but I also appreciate that if I have a lunch meeting in the middle of the day, I can go do it. If somebody if I have a, a family commitment and on the middle of a Wednesday, I can do that no problem. Um, and that's what I mean by the freedom because at the end of it all. Uh, I truly do believe, as, as I read, people like Napoleon Hill and Stephen Covey, uh, when as we get older, we are not uh, we're not cherishing uh, the times that, like I said, we pulled the all-nighter studying for the exam or the all-nighter because of some product launch. We're really cherishing and remembering uh, the great moments that we had in life and the experiences that we had in life and how we lived our life. Uh, with no regrets and living it to the fullest. And I don't want to be one of those people who is always working 24-7, stuck to some kind of job. And at the end of it all, it's like, man, I really missed out on what this world has to offer.
0: Hmm. And was anyone in your family on this route of freedom as well? Or are you the first in your lineage to to kind of carve a new path?
1: Well, it again, it depends on what People think the definition of freedom is. So there are people in my family who would probably say, I'm a very free person. I do well. I have a good job. I've made a lot of money. I've got this much saved up for retirement. Um, I'm doing really well. I feel like I'm free. Um, And that's simply because they have a different definition. They come from a different culture, a different society where being free meant getting educated, getting a good, stable job, getting married, having kids and living happily ever after. Um, I think that definition of freedom has really, really evolved, um, over the really over the past decade or so. Um, and it's changing and it's not just here in the United States, it's across the world. It's, um, with globalization, because globalization was not, was not a thing when I was growing up. It's really the technology, the internet, um, IT that has opened up globalization and, caused the uh, United States to outsource and to help other countries economies like India, like China. Um, And now we live in a global economy where uh, major nations are doing business with each other doing trade with each other and helping each other regardless of what you read on the news. Um, They all kind of need each other. And as a result, uh, the Westernization, and these these ideas of freedom have spread across the world. And so um, to, to, to answer your question, like I said, the, the definition of freedom is very different from you know the previous generation to what it is in today's generation. And so I am kind of paving my own path, not just for my family, but um, amongst my friends. Because when you grow up, uh, when, when, when your parents are of a different generation and their idea of freedom is something completely different, they, ra- they raise you to... Uh, to kind of be programmed that this is what freedom is. It's going to the good school and getting a degree and getting a job and, you know, living happily ever after, after you get married and have kids. Um, and so that's slowly starting to change. Um, I have people come to me once in a while, not all the time, but uh, every couple of weeks or so. And they say, man, I need to learn what, what, what you learned. I need to quit my job and do this. I want to, um, quit my job, get in my trailer and just travel and drive around the country or drive around North America. And that's starting to become more of a thing. But um, it's very, very hard to just quit at something and then say, I want to do this. I want to do that. You need to have a plan. You need to be qualified. Um, You need to have some savings. There's a lot that goes into it. It's not easy. Nothing really is, is, is easy. Nothing you want is really easy to get in life.
0: Speaking of easy and speaking of the journey, what's a moment along your journey that made you feel incredibly humble?
1: Well, um, <laughs> I think as a as a business person, and and you can probably attest to this, but we stay humble. Uh, and when I say a business person, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, not as a corporate person or a serial. Um, chief executive or a serial executive, but as a an entrepreneur, you are forced to stay humble. The market keeps you hum- humble, whether it's the stock market, whether it's the economy, whether it's your own business and the cycle that it goes through. And I'll admit right now, um, over the past week, there have been some bad things happen uh, with a, with a couple of my businesses, some bad things. And when I say bad things, it's all relative. So to me, they're bad. They're, um, they keep you humble. They keep you thankful. At least that's how I see it. Um, but there are also times when things are amazing and things are really good and you're making all sorts of money and all sorts of deals are happening and bad things aren't happening, only good things. Um, and you can lose sight of that humbleness or that humility. But, it's just weird how the market works for, for all business people, whether you're a billionaire or uh, a small business owner with less than $50,000 in annual revenue, um, you're going to face the, 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 the lows, you're going to face the bad things. Someone might steal from you. Someone might cheat you. Um, something might happen if you're in real estate, something might happen to you know your, your house. If you're in technology, you might get hacked. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that can get happen that that can happen. So um, all of that, I think, keeps me humble uh, and, and keeps me grounded because I know how hard it is to get started and up and running. That's the hardest part of, of, of business. But I also know how hard it is to stay afloat and to make a dollar. And as a result, I don't take the, the good times for granted at all. And that's part of the reason why I'm a huge proponent of saving um, a lot of people, when they're going through a good good cycle, they they think it's going to continue forever, and they just spend, 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 and then things go bad, and they're in horrible situations. Um, I've le- fortunately grew up. Uh, I was in college during the financial crisis, and so I was a student essentially of not just the 2008 financial crisis, but there were people around me, people's parents, where this was happening to. They were shutting down businesses, they were getting divorced, they were losing jobs. And so I was essentially a student of, of everything regarding the financial crisis, and I've tried to apply that to my own life as well.
0: Hmm. So the experience of it yourself, the markets, and, and there's the shifts naturally in business keep you humble, but then also the observation of other people's humbling moments or situations have, has also just given you that place of humility to go, wow it could happen anywhere, anytime, I'm going to stay nimble and I'm going to keep that humble spirit just so that I'm always ready.
1: Exactly. And I'm a huge proponent of observation of others. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, of course, that, 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 that sounds contradictory to what I said about the selfish motive. Um, but there is a selfish motive in, you know, learning from other people's mistakes, um, and seeing what other people are doing, what worked for them, what didn't work for them. And when I say looking at other people, it doesn't mean your own personal friends or family. It can mean, you know, picking up a book and reading a biography or um, picking up a a nonfiction book and, or even a fiction book and reading, you know, what happened to this person and what went wrong, what went right. That's what I mean by that and applying it to your own life. I like it.
0: I like it. What about an awe-inspiring moment, a moment that, you know, might have left your jaw on the ground just thinking, wow, and what you saw or experienced or felt, which is a total moment of awe.
1: Um, you know, to be honest, I guess, b- because of the way I've, I've trained myself, I, I don't let I try not to let my own um, shortcomings or accomplishments affect uh, my mind or my humility or any of that. Um, I'm more in awe of, of other people. So when I see like my friends doing great things, um a friend of mine for example is just coming out with his first well he's he's a distant family member really um he's coming out with uh his first hollywood movie in a couple of weeks and he's only like 27 years old mm-hmm. um and i remember when he was like 22 23 and he was telling me about uh how he went to film school and he's got this idea and that idea and, um, you know, initially I thought because I went to a, a public communication school undergrad and we had all sorts of film students, film majors. And I, I was just thinking, yeah, it's another one of those guys who went to film school and thinks he's going to become the next Steven Spielberg. And then um, he came out with his first short. Uh, it was for, for Google. He was hired to do a short for them back when Google Class was available. And I saw it and I was like, this is incredible. This is really good. This. You know, he's he's on to something. And four years later, he's coming out with his first Hollywood movie. It won some Sundance Film Festivals. Sony acquired the rights to it. He's only 27 years old. The reviews for the movie are really good. And he signed a second movie deal earlier this year. And it's looking like he's going to get a third movie deal um, after uh, now that the critics are saying that this first movie was good. And so that's just an example where... I come into contact with so many people throughout my life, people who are doing uh, incredible things, like uh, against so many odds. I mean, making it in Hollywood. I know, I know you. You grew up in L.A., so you know um, how many people have that dream and how difficult it is to to accomplish. But to to essentially um, go against the the herd and to go against your critics and and I'll admit, you know, I was somewhat of a critic without seeing his work or anything, I was just like, Oh yeah, another one of those film Hollywood guys who's trying to make it in Hollywood and to go against the grain and do what you love and succeed. That's really what's awe inspiring to me. And there are countless people, whether they're on, they're in Hollywood, whether they've had, um, upbringings that were not, uh, the greatest, uh, maybe they didn't have parents around, maybe they didn't have much money, maybe they were on welfare, whatever. And to see people like that, um, overcome those odds and accomplish something big, I'm not talking about going to school and getting a degree. I'm talking, you know, at the Hollywood level to do something really big. Um, to me, that's, that's, what's inspiring to me. It's not really what I do. It's these other people who inspire me.
0: Hmm. I see. So, so seeking inspiration through observation of others. What about your greatest fear?
1: Well, I'll admit that one of the greatest fears, there, there, there are a lot of fears I have, and I try my best to to deal with them. Some of those fears include dying. Like I went through a period in my life where a few people I knew died, and I had a fear of dying. And um, just, I, I live in, in inner city Baltimore, my, my neighbors got shot and, and died, uh, some other friends outside of Baltimore um, died, and I was just scared of of dying. And um, it's something, I wouldn't call it a fear. I think it's important that when you fear something, you just let it come in. You let that fear come in, and you accept that it's a fear, and then it almost becomes your friend. So um, in the case of dying, you know, I got some life insurance, and I said, I'm just going to live my life to the fullest, and if if I die, then I die. And I think um, in so many other ways, I mean, I'm fearful that my investments are going to go really bad and they go to zero. You know, let, let's say I have uh, just hypothetical purposes. Let's say I have $100,000 in investments and, um, you know, they're in stocks, bonds, cryptos, real estate, um, CDs, and and I'll admit I have, I have a fear that um, these investments that I have, could go to zero, um, for whatever reason, even though history says that they're not, there's still that fear. And, and so, um, how do I deal with the fear? Again, like I mentioned earlier, you just let the fear in and you accept it. And it, it's almost kind of a fatalist way of, of looking at life. But, um, I'm not saying be a fatalist, but you just try your best to conquer those feel fears to address them and to then just, put your faith and trust elsewhere.
0: Hmm. I like it. Step into it. Yep. There's freedom there. What, what about your future? What are you most excited about for your future?
1: Well, there's, there's a lot going on with my future. I'm getting married later this year. So
0: congratulations.
1: (laughs) Thank you. So, um, that is really, uh, probably going to take on a new life of its own as, as you probably know. And, um, so that is what I'm kind of looking forward to. And that's going to uh, really take up my mindshare moving forward. Uh, business-wise, you know, the business opportunities seem to always be coming in. And so I don't fear that aspect as much. Um, that was a fear two, three years ago. You know, am I going to get enough clientele? Am I going to make enough money to meet rent? Am I going to um, be able to grow this business or that business? And things over the last two years or so have um, turned around and seem to be heading in the right direction. So um, to me, I think the 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 biggest opportunity, you know, the business stuff is always going to be there, but um, it's kept me humble and I don't get too excited when good things happen there. But I think uh, the marriage and life, uh, the life during marriage is, is a completely uh, different animal. And um, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that.
0: Very cool, very cool. Well, we're going to shift gears into the second section of the show here. We call this nuts and bolts. It's the tangible, practical, tactical tips and tools people can use and apply from listening to you today. Um, so the first question is, where do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time in life each day as of right now?
1: Um, a, a good chunk of my day is actually spent on not just my work and my business, but also outside of um, my work, it's, it's just ideas. And they don't have to be business ideas. I'm a writer myself. I've come out with uh, four books. I have my fifth book coming out this year. Um, and so I'm always thinking of ideas and writing is a really, really good way to ideate. Um, whether it's just writing ideas or writing a chapter in a book it really causes your mind to, to exercise that your, your, your brain muscles. I mean, the brain probably doesn't have any muscles, but that's what I like to call it, the brain muscles. Um, so I spend a good, good time of my day focusing on exercising my body physically, exercising my mind mentally, whether that's through ideas, writing, playing chess, watching good stimulating documentaries, movies, reading good books, um, I spend a good time my day doing that. And then emotionally it's connecting with people who mean a lot to me, who improve my life, who, uh, are there for me and, um, who are just fun to, to, to be around. So all those are, are, important to, to my daily routine.
0: I love it. And with all of that, what would you say is one of the keys to your success and what it is that you focus on?
1: I truly believe that the freedom, it's like freedom begets more freedom. And with freedom, anything is possible. So in my case, people ask me all the time, just like what you're asking me, how are you able to accomplish this? How are you able to accomplish that? How are you able to do this and this and this? Um, There are only so many hours in a day. And really the secret is stay physically fit, um, stay mentally healthy, eat well, get a lot of sleep, don't be tired. Don't be angry. Don't be around people who make you angry. If you can get rid of a lot of this toxic from your life and just be healthy from top to bottom, then it's going to do wonders for your um, creativity, for your productivity, for your efficiency. Uh, It does so much. And I I really, it's a process. This did not happen overnight. I didn't read some Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And then overnight, I, I became like this. This is over... I would say it took me two to three years to really um, to really ingrain all of these ideas into my daily routine so that um, I could be more productive and more focused.
0: Hmm. I like it. Speaking of tips and ideas, what is one final tip you could give to everyone, someone who's listening to say, hey, here's one thing you could do each day, and if you did this one thing, you will start to see more productivity, more achievement, more experience, more depth with their family, all these areas you focus on of writing and connecting and, and being um, and exercising your mind and body. If you had to choose just one tip for someone to do each day, what would the tip be uh, for them to focus on to help them achieve the kind of success or experience in life you have created for yourself?
1: Well, this is actually an exercise that I do uh, every day without even knowing it. Um, I did it purpose. Purpose um, on purpose, and it's just become a part of who I am. But I truly believe that uh, just going to bed every night before you go to bed, think to yourself, did I learn something new today? And if you go to bed one day and you realize, man, I didn't really learn anything, and you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at how many people they come home from work, they eat their dinner, they go to sleep, and they didn't learn anything that day, and. If all you can do is just war- learn one new thing, whether it was a new software, or how to use a new software, or something about the world, or something about another uh, religion, or culture, um, or something about your city, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as you learned something, um, and if you can do that every day, the compounding effect of all that learning is going to be pretty profound in in your life so already in my case the day's not even over yet and I can tell you that so far today I've learned um, I've learned about some technology stuff with with web de- with web development and and web building um, I learned some new features and um, that's what I learned today and yesterday I learned something about uh, real estate and people and tenants. And, um, you know, I got that experience yesterday. But you'll be surprised at how many people, they'll come home, they'll go to sleep, and they didn't learn anything. And if that's the case, then you can expect to just stay where you are. And if you're happy where you are, that's not a problem. You can be happy with that. But if you're looking to improve your life, performance type of deal, you want to learn just at least one thing new every day. I think that'll go a long way and you'll see uh, huge benefits and changes in your life.
0: I love it. I love it. And I agree with it. Learning one new thing a day is a great personal challenge. Well, sir, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing uh, everything with us today. If you want to learn more about his books and writings and websites and everything he's up to, please visit our show notes. It'll have all the links and all the descriptions there where they can link up with you and find more and learn about all the different books you've written and all the great stuff you're up to. Uh, But from all of us to you, Naresh, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being on.
0: Absolutely. And for everyone who's tuning in, as always, if you love these shows, make sure to share them. Make sure that you find a friend. Tell them to listen in. Click subscribe. And, and, And just a reminder, we love sharing. We believe that sharing is caring, and we love caring people, so make sure to share. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you all next episode.